Hello there. This is Benny. And this is Kyle. And you're listening to The Doctor's Watcher. A podcast. <laughs> That's true, it is. <laughs> uh, we're, doing, we're doing the minimalist episode today. Um, so, so we've been on a, a bit of a recording hiatus for, for a while. It's, it's been a bit since we recorded our last episode. Um, it shouldn't have affected, I don't think it's affected, our uh, release schedule. So as far as I know, you folks are still going to be receiving these every two weeks. But it's been a little while since we've recorded one. Um, it's... Uh, on the one hand, it's nice to have a break. On the other hand, I, I feel... Feel a little rusty, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I I've kind of have the same feeling, and yeah, since we were kind of taking a bit of a break from recording, I also ended up taking a little bit of a break from watching. So, like, instead of using this the time that we weren't recording to like watch a bunch of episodes and get like all ready to record like a whole lot in a row, like I still only prepared two and finished <laughs> that yesterday. Sometimes it's nice to take breaks. <laughs> Listeners, uh, practice self-care. Take breaks. Indeed. Um, but the other thing I was going to say about our break is that we chose kind of an unfortunate episode to uh, take a break after because that was the episode with Nero um, chasing around Barbara and right. really not great. Um, I actually went and watched that scene. I was so like disturbed by it. I, I decided to watch it and see how it kind of comes across and it's yeah i don't know like you you got this like you know goofy music playing it's obviously like kyle was saying played for laughs um and and nero you know he's just saying like Oop, give me a kiss aren't you gonna give me a kiss so like you know for little kids watching this Right. Probably they're watching it and being like, oh, oh, the funny man wants to give her a kiss. And, you know, but for us watching it, it's like, hmm, really not good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the scene specifically where the doctor, you know, kind of walks in on it and, and Nero is like, you know, leave me to it or whatever. And the doctor's just like, oh, oh, oh okay. You know, I, 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 that's kind of why I watched it is just to be like, what, what the fuck, doctor, um, and really seeing how how that scene in particular, that that bit where he's just like, hoo hoo, um, comes across, and like maybe he thought that they were both just horsing around, and like and I don't think he knows it's Barbara, but he, he no, seems I don't to think be he like, does. oh, maybe maybe these two. You know the Nero and this random woman who I don't know it is, who it is are just having fun. I'll leave them to their games or something. But it's it, it's not a good vibe. Yeah, definitely not. I will say so, that that <laughs> okay. it is contained to just that episode. That's good. Okay, <laughs> um, we we don't care about spoilers when it comes to shit like this. <laughs> Um, and like, yeah, I'm guessing that we're going to have more, uh, more stuff going on with enslavers and people being enslaved and indeed uh, that, that does continue. Given that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Given uh, that it's like the main push of this whole serial yeah. basically. Yeah. 
our, our Cliff Dangler was Ian, and um, I'll think of it in a second. Start with a D. I remember making a funny pun about his name. I can't remember <laughs> either the pun or the name. So the um, pun was, "What's the deal?" Oh yeah, Delos. <laughs> <laughs> Um, where Delos has Ian at his mercy and Nero gives him the old thumbs down, which uh, normally means Ian's not long for this world. But, you know, there's that part of me that's like, gladiators are cool, right? You know, fighting, they got the cool armor and different different styles of weaponry and armor and stuff. That That's cool. But it's like, yeah, and also keep in mind that they're, you know, enslaved people who are being forced to fight to the death. Uh-huh. <laughs> Like yeah, there's there's that aspect of it. So uh, yeah, we're we're just keeping on with the, the like Kyle was saying the theme of enslavers and enslaved people. So this episode is the fifteenth episode of the season, and it's titled Inferno. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, our cliff dangler has Delos raising his sword over Ian and, you know, looking toward Emperor Nero who gives him the thumbs down. And I think he even says, you know, something about off with his head or whatever. (laughs) Uh, As long as you're being a villain. (laughs) So Delos raises his sword and he's just about to bring it down, but then he turns and he runs toward Nero with it. And Nero's guards come out and start, start fighting Delos and Ian. Nero's actually pretty into this because now they're fighting for their lives for real. Where like previously Nero didn't didn't believe that they were actually like fighting for their lives. They were holding back or whatever. Like does Ian like pick up his, his weapon and is he fighting too? Yeah, yeah, he and Delos are both fighting against the guards. Oh man. Uh I mean as much as, you know, this is a problematic serial and and uh not good. Um, this Delos, this Delian ship is uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> mm-hmm. And of course, Barbara is there too. She, you know, Emperor Nero brought her along, so she's there watching this fight happen also. Well, I imagine she is cheering them on if, mm-hmm. if, if she feels like that's safe. Uh, <laughs> that part I don't know. So through the course of the fight, Delos ends up killing one of the guards, and he and Ian both escape with Ian promising Barbara that he'll come back for her. Cool. Well, uh, that was, that was pretty thrilling. I mean, <laughs> uh-huh. Cliff Dangler resolved, but in a, in a, what sounds like a pretty cool fight scene. Yeah, it was fun. With enslaved people killing some of the people enslaving them and escaping, which <laughs> <laughs> given that we have to deal with enslavers and enslaved people, I'm, I'm okay with this turn of events. Mm-hmm. So Nero, though, he turns to the remaining guard, the one that didn't get killed by Delos, and he asks this guard for his sword, and, you know, the guard gives it to him, of course, and Nero uses it to kill the guard for not fighting hard enough. He just runs him through as Barbara gasps. Man, I mean, sometimes this uh, this children's show <laughs> really just goes there. Uh-huh. We cut back to the palace where Nero's wife, Papea, 
is talking to Tavius, the remember the bald guy who mm-hmm. had basically brought Barbara as an enslaved person to mm-hmm. like to be Papea's servant. But yep, he Papea, is a Yeah, Papea doesn't like Barbara. You know, yeah, which was made clear in the previous episode. She yeah, basically Nero sort of paying attention to her, right? So yeah, she basically tells Tavius that Barbara sucks and needs to be replaced. So you know, Tavius starts talking about you know he'll speak to HR about writing up a job listing to go post on Craigslist <laughs> and. You know, we'll train up a new replacement and all that. But but Papea basically says that Barbara needs to be fired immediately or she's going to take matters into her, her own hands. Yeah, I, I think this termination is uh, possibly going to be terminal if she gets her way. <laughs> so Papea leaves. Tavius is trying to figure out what to do. And Barbara actually happens to find Tavius because she wants to talk to him. She tells him that she needs help and he's the only one that she can trust. She actually turns all translucent and blue and flickery for a few moments as she says, help me Tavius. You're my only hope. (laughs) Once again, Happened first in Doctor Who and Star Wars just ripped them off. (laughs) Yeah, it was really weird since the rest of the episode was still in black and white. (laughs) I I suspect that may have been a a, a blue filter on your perception more than on the episode (laughs) there, Kyle. (laughs) So she, she reminds Tavius how she told him earlier that she was going to escape and she says basically that the time for doing that has come. A friend of mine, Ian, is coming to collect me. Cool. Yes, Ian to the rescue. Mm-hmm. But of course, Nero heard Ian tell her that he's going to come rescue her. So <laughs> yeah, that was a little uh, very very dashing, but also possibly not, <laughs> not the best call. Uh huh. So, yeah, Nero knows about this, and he wants to basically use Barbara to trap Ian. Mm. And, you know, Barbara is explaining all this to Tavius. Tavius tells her not to worry. He says he's going to think of something, and it'll all work out because, like, he was supposed to fire her anyway, so he'll just tell Papea that he fired her when she's gone. Oh, buddy, I hope that she uh, takes your word for it there. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I guess if Pepe is just okay with never seeing Barbara again, then uh, that would be pretty good for our heroes. But if she demands proof, um, we could have a problem. Barbara starts telling Tavius about how the musician Maximus Petulian is going to be playing at the arena, but... She gets distracted when she notices guards being posted on all the streets around the palace, presumably to like to catch Ian when he arrives. She's like, I don't, I don't care about this Maximus Petulian guy. Why are you telling me this? <laughs> Tell me when it involves someone I know, like uh, Ian or the Doctor. Hmm, I wonder what the Doctor's up to these days. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> 
So off in another room in the palace, Vicky and the doctor are looking at basically a map. And the doctor has identified this map as Nero's plans for the rebuilding of Rome. Mm. Why would they need to rebuild it? (laughs) So at this point, it's basically just a a hope, something that Nero would like to do, but the Senate keeps saying no. Um, But the doctor has identified the time period that they're in, which is July of 64 AD, which I'm sure all the history buffs out there will know happens to be when Rome burns. Hmm. I wonder if uh, it's going to turn out that the doctor had something to do with it. (laughs) One of these uh, Star Trek Voyager moments when the the thing, you know, the the cause... um, Wait, how, how does it go? Like the effect precedes the cause. Um, like the doctor, by knowing when this happened, goes back and becomes the cause of the thing that he knew happened. Uh huh. Seems seems like that happens every now and then on a Voyager episode. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> so the doctor is doctor explaining all of this history to Vicky <laughs> about the fire Excellent. and everything. Well, it's a it's an educational program. Yeah. She says she already knows all about it, though. Like, <laughs> she, it wouldn't be doctor explaining otherwise. <laughs> uh-huh. She's well-educated. Tavius comes into the room looking for Maximus Petulian and, of course, finds him because he thinks that the doctor is Maximus Petulian. Mm. And he tells the doctor about how Nero is going to have him play at the arena and that lions will be released during the performance. Mm-hmm. So if he's going to kill Emperor Nero like he planned on doing, he'd better hurry up and do it. <laughs> yeah, I remember there was a rather uh, mystifying exchange earlier where he he talks to uh, the doctor, thinking that he's Maximus Petulian. Right. So the doctor tried to get Tavius to tell him what, what the plan was, because... Uh, Tavius was like, so we're still on with the plan, right? And it didn't work. And uh-huh. <laughs> now we know what the plan was. So Tavius leaves, and the doctor turns to Vicky, and he's just like, well, that settles that little bit of intrigue. <laughs> I'm a would-be murderer, have I? Mm. <laughs> well, we must be going, child. I want to leave here as soon as it's dark. <laughs> I've got some murdering to do. I mean, no, I just want to leave. <laughs> Nero enters the room, telling the doctor that he has a surprise for him. The doctor's like, well, uh, I kind of have a surprise for you, too. <laughs> he asks the doctor to guess what the surprise is. and Is it lions? <laughs> <laughs> the doctor's like, a trip to the zoo? <laughs> sorry, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> he says, Well, now, let me think. Uh, you want me to play in the arena? <laughs> <laughs> Nero's, uh, like, super annoyed that he that he guessed it, basically. Yeah, it's like, Doctor, you gotta, you gotta learn to stop being a smart aleck around Emperor Nero. <laughs> uh-huh. Come on. So the Doctor starts dropping all this wordplay 
talking about how it's going to be a roaring success. <laughs> and he's always wanted to be considered an artist of good taste. <laughs> Generally regarded as, uh, well, uh, palatable. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's stretching a bit with some of these. Uh-huh. Um, but... Yeah, no, but I, I I do think that was a pretty good lion. <laughs> <laughs> Nero's just getting like more and more worked up about like whether the doctor knows what he has planned. Why are you getting worked up? I'm not lion. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only pun I got. I just make it work different ways. <laughs> Doctor's like, well, I would be lying if I said I didn't know. <laughs> Hire us, BBC. We'll, we'll write these episodes for you. <laughs> While the doctor is standing there punning it up with Nero, he's holding his eyeglasses behind his back and, you know, just casually holding them in his hands. But the way that he's holding them just so happens to be focusing sunlight onto these plans for the new room and they catch fire. Okay. So, uh, how, uh, how intentional was this guy? <laughs> I think it actually was legitimately accidental on the doctor's part. I think. <laughs> I mean, hard to say for sure. Glasses. How, how many times have we just been randomly holding our glasses and then something around <laughs> us caught fire? That's a good point. <laughs> at first, like once they smell the smoke and see the fire, at first Nero is pissed that you know his his plans are burning, and he's like ready to kill the doctor himself until he realizes that. Although the Senate hasn't allowed him to rebuild Rome yet, if it were to burn down, they would have no choice but to approve his plans. He, he, to be fair, he thinks this every time he sees a fire, just like <laughs> a candle. He goes, hmm, maybe I should just let this candle burn. Maybe it'll burn down Rome. <laughs> so he rushes off, and the doctor like turns back to Vicky and reiterates that really it's time to GTFO as soon as it gets dark. Well, it might not get too dark if the whole city is on fire. <laughs> and you know, it does occur to me, sorry, that like Nero's all excited about rebuilding Rome um, if it burns down without needing the Senate's approval. But it's like, Nero, how are you going to rebuild Rome without your plans? <laughs> so we cut to that evening Outside the palace, we can see that the palace is heavily guarded, but Delos and Ian see a crowd of pretty ragged-looking men that are being let into the palace grounds. They're raggedy, but are they scraggly? I would say they're pretty scraggly, too, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and, you know... from another planet. Ian and Delos are pretty scraggly and raggedy at this point as well. Uh, well. So it's not too hard for them to slip into this crowd and get into the palace grounds with the crowd. Cool, cool. Inside the palace grounds, Nero addresses the crowd, and it turns out he is hiring them to start all the fires to burn Rome down. 
Oh, okay. So it's not just going to be that one fire in that one room burning down all of Rome. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. The fire will spread quickly. By tonight, all Rome will be ablaze. Kill anyone who tries to stop you. You are acting on orders from Caesar Nero, emperor of all Rome. Then the rebuilding will commence. A new city will arise from the flames. Neropolis? Neurosism? Or just plain Nero? I, I don't know, Julius. I mean, I, I'm all for arson, but, but murder? Uh, shut up, Claudius. It's, it's good work. <laughs> <laughs> Tavius happens to spot Ian in the crowd. He was kind of keeping an eye out for Ian, and so he comes over and whispers at Ian to follow him, which Ian does, and Tavius leads him to... A barbarian reunion. Yay, that's what we're here for. I mean, sorry, Delian shippers, but we're always going to come right back <laughs> to that barbarian ship. Yeah. It is, it is still our flagship. We'll go on a little, you know, sightseeing cruise, a little pleasure sailing uh, around on another ship every now and then, but our, we've, we've hung our colors on the top most mast, the highest mast of the barbarian flagship. The fleet has a lot of ships in it, but but there's one ship that oversees them all. Yes, indeed. Hi, Kyle here. I hope you're enjoying the episode. You can let us know what you think of it by emailing us at thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com or by tweeting us at doctorwatcher. You can also leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you review your podcasts and tell a friend. Anyway, back to the episode. So they hug briefly. They don't have a whole lot of time. I mean, this is a children's show. We don't we don't want any like uh, <laughs> affection here. Uh huh. And after their hug, they head back out into the the torch distribution room and Delos gets a torch from you know from Nero's Nero's employees basically and as soon as they are out of the torch room he attacks a palace guard with it and he and Ian and Barbara all escape. Uh so this is the Bardelian ship now, huh? <laughs> uh-huh. So, yeah, the Bardelian ship sails right on out of the palace. And they, you know, they stop on the road briefly to to sort of discuss their plans. And make deal, out. And make out. <laughs> There's, you know, plenty of making out. But in between the making out, they talk about how Delos is going to travel like part of the way with them back to Asesium, which is where their the villa that they were squatting in was. Cool. He'll, tr- he'll travel part of the way, but then like, you know, the road's going to split off and he'll head off to his own home. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the doctor and Vicky are also sneaking out of the palace off toward the countryside. 
Cool, good. I was going to say we would better start uh, wrapping up these plots <laughs> pretty, <laughs> pretty quickly. I mean, if, if uh, uh, Ian and Barbara aren't going to go and rescue the doctor, he'd better figure it out himself. Mm-hmm. The doctor and Vicky are heading out. Everyone's making their escapes. The camera cuts back to Tavius one last time as he whispers, Good luck, my child. Good luck. And the camera zooms in and shows us that he's holding a small wooden cross on a necklace chain. <sighs> the, yeah, that was kind of my response, too. All right, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be able to form words here. Let's just. <laughs> <laughs> Still an enslaver. Still buying people or the possession thereof in within the legal framework of the state at the time yeah i mean i'm not gonna there's no i have no articulate comment here clearly (laughs) (laughs) so vicky and the doctor are traveling through the countryside they look back and they can see rome fully ablaze in the distance Vicky's cool, impressed. Cool. Nice fire effect over that model and or matte painting, I think. Uh-huh. Or or just them looking in the distance and being like, wow, Rome sure is burning. Maybe as someone like shines a light on them. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, you remember how they did it? I think it was uh, like a, a fire effect behind a model, if I remember right. Cool. And it's nighttime, so like it's a silhouette of a model, basically. Oh, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Vicky's impressed by it, though. My first real sight of history. Yes, the most memorable occasion. <laughs> Isn't it strange to think that people will read about that in books for thousands and thousands of years, and here am I sitting here actually watching it. Mm. I like that, actually. I like that a lot. That's a, that's a good time traveler show moment there. Yeah, it was cool. I liked it, too. She does think that it's too bad that None of the history book writers mention how the doctor gave Nero the idea for setting the fire. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Honestly, doctor, and after that long talk you gave me about not meddling with history, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. It's got nothing to do with me. It's that whole paradox, though. Is Uh Is it meddling with history if you were the one who caused it to become history that you then learned as history, but then you caused it? In when it wasn't history, right. and it became history. Would it have been more meddling for him to not have caused it? Would it still have happened if he hadn't caused it? The doctor actually thinks it would have. He insists that it had nothing to do with him, that if he hadn't lit Nero's plans on fire, which he insists was an accident, that Nero would have gotten the idea some other way. Mm. But then as he thinks a little bit more about the idea that maybe it was his fault, maybe he did cause it, he kind of gets a little bit of a gleam in his eye and then he starts <laughs> laughing. <laughs> uh, he's a problematic faith, but mm, I, can't, I can't help but like him. Well, I started hey. to wonder, like... Was this the first moment that he realized that 
maybe he can influence history. Like he spent uh, yeah. all this time in the first season telling Barbara, like not to even try to change the past. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she can't do it. So not even, you know, don't try, but like maybe it wasn't because he, it was dangerous to the time stream or whatever, but maybe he believed it was like actually not possible to change the past but, but did now, he change the past if, if in, you know, Rome had burned down in the past and right. where he came from in the future? I think, I mean, I may be getting this wrong, but I think this is known as the grandfather paradox in uh, sci-fi. Where, I like, think that's uh, right, yeah. You get this causality conundrum paradox, right. I suppose. Of course, it's also worth mentioning that, like, in real actual history the idea that Nero like caused the fire is, is apocryphal at best Mm. as far as I could understand from like five minutes on Wikipedia. (laughs) Yes. I was going to say, I would just look it up on Wikipedia myself. So (laughs) good to know that you've already checked. So, but yeah, like I sort of wondered if maybe he's starting to think that maybe it is possible to change the past And as he laughs to himself about this, the camera fades to Nero as he laughs and plays his lyre as Rome burns. knew it was gonna happen and you got it <laughs> uh-huh yeah episode well named inferno mm-hmm. barbara and ian arrive back at the villa that they were squatting at way back at the start of the serial and it seems like the villa owner has not returned yet so that's nice <laughs> for them convenient uh-huh. so a uh, good job reusing the uh, the existing set Saving saving on the budget there. Well done. (laughs) Uh Vicky and the doctor haven't gotten back yet either. It's just Ian and Barbara here so far. And it's fully clear that the villa owner and nobody else has been here because like there's still like broken vases all over the floor from the fight that they had with the Romans and everything. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh yes, I remember when I was breaking vases over the heads of Romans. Good times, good times. Uh-huh. They actually do get pretty flirty in the scene as they kind of like argue about whose job it is to clean up the broken vase. And in this like flirty argument, it it happens to come out that Barbara was actually the one who hit Ian over the head with it. <laughs> he had, a, you know, he had assumed it was a Roman guard or whatever, or I guess it was the Roman enslavers. And, you know, Barbara was trying to hit one of the enslavers with it, but but that guy dodged and she hit Ian instead. 
honestly, Kyle, for the record, if you or anyone is ever trying to hit an enslaver with a vase and hits me instead, I'm okay with it. The intent intent is what matters, and uh, trying to hit an enslaver always gets my approval. Yeah, on this podcast, we punch Nazis and we bash vases over the heads of enslavers. Yes. So he ends up kind of wrestling with her after he learns that she hit him over the head. He's like wrestling with her and like trying to dunk her into the fountain. Is he doing this in like a fun haha way or like a, yeah, yeah. Mad about getting hit. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. This is all, all fun and playful. They're both laughing. Oh, good. Thank goodness. I was like, man, I don't know. <laughs> and you know, she ends up agreeing to clean up the broken vase pieces. Yeah. Normally I'd be like making the woman, clean up the the mess is not great but given that she did bash him over the head <laughs> even uh-huh. if it was an accident at least for the cleanup i think i mean obviously he could lend a hand that would be nice but <laughs> I, I i think he might have a slight moral high ground on on account of having been bashed although yeah it was an accident and although as we just said a moment ago she was going for uh an enslaver at the time yeah i i did think it was fair <laughs> We fade to later that evening. Barbara and Ian are laying around dozing on the lounges. It's like their post-supper doze. Mm. And the doctor and Vicky arrive back at the villa. The doctor sees them lounging there and immediately assumes that this is what they've been doing the whole time he and Vicky were gone. <laughs> Uh, I like Bar- that. Yeah. Barbara and Ian, of course, like try to correct him and try to tell him what happened, but he hardly gives them like half a moment to speak and then like, you know, rushes off camera with Vicky to, you know, go clean up or prepare to head back to the TARDIS or whatever. Mm, yeah. that that That's pretty funny. I mean, uh-huh. you know, this is a comedy episode, but it's like, Oh, right. We can make jokes about things other than enslavers and situations that they put enslaved people into. (laughs) Uh What a concept. (laughs) (laughs) There was, I didn't mention it, but there was a a callback joke earlier, actually. Um, Remember way back in the first episode of the serial when, like, Barbara tells Ian to go, like, get some food out of the fridge or whatever? And he, like, starts walking into the next room of the villa. Then he's like, oh, shit, we don't have a fridge here. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know if I actually mentioned it or not. Uh, I think sounds vaguely familiar, but who knows? It's been a, it's been a while. <laughs> Listeners, tweet us at Dr. Watcher. <laughs> you remember the joke. So he, he basically pulls the same trick on her in this episode, like when they get oh. back to the villa. And it works, and they both have a laugh about it. Oh, good. I think it's cute that they're laughing about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the doctor and Vicky head off to to get packed up and head back to the TARDIS. Barbara's like, Oh, well. Hmm. Even if we had told them, I don't think they'd have believed us. (laughs) (laughs) The the two of them agree that it is pretty funny, though, that, you know, the doctor thinks they were here the whole time and whatever. Mm -hmm. And as they leave to get ready to head back to the TARDIS, Ian steals a wine jug and a goblet as Roman souvenirs. Nice. That's fun. I like that detail. 
we get one last shot of the TARDIS, which is, of course, you know, kind of like at a weird angle among debris and rocks at the bottom of a cliff. And just like the doctor said it was able to do from any angle, it dematerializes. And uh, any hint on what our next episode and possibly our next serial is going to be? Indeed, there is. We get one last scene, which is a little bit later on in the TARDIS control room. They've been traveling for a little while. They're still like in their Roman clothing and everything. Vicky's been telling Barbara stories of her and the doctor's adventures in Rome. And she asks if the doctor has told them where they're going next and Barbara's like, Oh no, he never does that. (laughs) Vicky's like, Oh, a surprise. And Ian's like, yeah, to everyone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know, kind of shocks Vicky a little bit. But the doctor can work the ship, can't he? (laughs) Well, um, (laughs) to to some degree. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Barbara and Ian are both like, Uh, yes, Sort of. (laughs) (laughs) Vicky and Barbara head out of the control room to change their clothes. They're going to change out of their Roman clothes into their their normal costumes. Mm -hmm. And Ian heads over to ask the doctor if anything's wrong because he's been at the controls for hours. Mm-hmm. And it seems that there is something wrong. I wouldn't have thought it possible, but somehow we've materialized for a split second of time and been imprisoned in some kind of false. I simply can't break its hold. Somewhere, somehow, we are being slowly dragged down. (laughs) Dragged down? Cool. Yeah, Ian asks where they're being dragged down to, and the doctor turns and looks at him, and the screen fades to black. But then the on-screen titles decide that they'll answer Ian's question, and they say, next episode, The Web Planet. Nice. That sounds very cool. I mean, anytime you get uh, the planet <laughs> on the blank, it's, uh, I don't know, it, it, it just has that old-timey sci-fi vibe to it. Yeah, uh, totally. Webs, cool. The TARDIS is stuck, getting dragged in. Um, I dig it. That sounds promising, at least. Promising so far. Indeed. Yeah, should be should be interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, um, we're done with this, uh, the serial. So should I ask our usual question? Go for it. I don't think I have any, any additional notes or anything on this one. All right, Kyle, would you recommend this? So serial. This one, of course, 
has to have the caveat that the story heavily involves the enslavement of people, which we've discussed, which is a real thing that Romans did to real people. Mm -hmm. And that's not something to celebrate. Mm -hmm. This serial was written explicitly as a comic script. And as we have also discussed previously, the practice of enslaving people is not something that I would choose to make the subject of my comedy Doctor Who serial. Yeah, it still seems like such a baffling decision to me, but yeah. Yeah. And like that's not even mentioning the whole sexual harassment and assault plot line that was happening in the third episode and like the doctor's dismissal of it in the sort of like old boys club sort of way. Mm-hmm. So all of that said, aside from the sexual assault stuff in conspiracy, which I did not enjoy at all. I actually really liked the serial. It was fun and silly in the ways that they wanted it to be in spite of the often very dark subject matter. Mm -hmm. And I did genuinely laugh out loud several times throughout the course of this serial, but conspiracy makes it hard to recommend. You can't really just skip the whole episode because there's other important plot stuff happening there. Mm -hmm. So I guess I would say if you're willing to either sit through or fast forward through some shitty, bad, uncomfortable scenes in the third episode, the rest of the serial is fun and I would recommend it. But if those scenes in the third episode or the subject matter overall of the serial seem like they might be too much for you or not right for you, then that's totally understandable. Yep. Um, Yeah, I don't have a whole lot more to add on top of that. I mean, seemed, yeah, there were were bits I liked. I liked the bit where, you know, um, Barbara does Ian's hair to make him look like a Roman. That seemed cute. And, you know, the stuff at the end and it does seem like they had some good jokes along the way but yeah whether this serial was going to be a problematic favor just problematic um you can't get away from the problematic part yeah it's true you can't spell problematic fave without problematic indeed um but vicky seems cool i like her yeah um, i'm i'm really liking vicky so far she's sort of occupying a, a similar place as Susan, but she's also different in in some ways, which I think is cool. She seems to treat the Doctor as much more of a peer, I think, than mm-hmm. Susan did. Which, you know, obviously Susan treats him like her grandfather. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, Vicky seems to treat him like an equal peer, and I think that's a really interesting relationship. Yeah, they seem to have decided to, to make this character consciously more independent more outspoken and there's a part of me that's like oh they could have just made susan more like that but <laughs> uh-huh. um, I, I i think by that point caroline ford was pretty pretty fed up and, and i don't blame her so yeah yeah for sure Alrighty, um cool did you have other other notes on this one uh no i think that was 
pretty much what I had for for the Romans. Cool. I guess well, I, I don't know if I officially ever said the name of the serial as a whole, but it is the Romans. Cool. All right. That makes sense. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> sure, I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll return to Rome at some point, but this is our first one. So might as well call it the Romans. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, cool. Okay. Yeah. No, I think that, uh, especially after having kind of like sat with this for, for a while, um, because of our recording hiatus, I'll be happy to put it behind us. So, on to the next one on to the web planet well listeners come back in two weeks to find out just how the web planet has ensnared the TARDIS yes I'll see you then bye hi it's Benny Kyle and I would like to thank circuit 23 for our theme song You can find its sweet, sweet tunes, including our theme, at soundcloud.com slash circuit23, and you can reach him at circuit.23 at gmail.com. Thank you to Kyle for talking to me about Doctor Who, and thank you, listener, for listening to me listening to Kyle talk about Doctor Who. You can always chat with us by emailing thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com or tweeting at drwatcher. It always makes our day to see a new review on iTunes. And with that, please join us next time on The Doctor's Watcher. I have a surprise for you. Yes. Guess what it is. Well, now, let me think. Uh, you want me to play in the arena? Mm. <laughs> you guessed. But it's no problem at all. After all, you want to do your very best for your fellow artists? <laughs> Why not the arena? Mm? <laughs> y- yes, yes, of course, that, that, that is exactly right. Yes, well, I promise you, I shall try to make it a roaring success. You'll mm. have to play something special, you know. Oh, yes, of course, of course, yes. Something serious, yes. Something that they can really get their teeth into. Hmm? Can't. No, you can't. I've told no one. Cesar I've always wanted to put on a good show, to give a great performance. But after all, who knows? If I go down well, I might even make it my farewell performance. <laughs> you see, I've always wanted to be considered as an artist of some taste, generally regarded as a... Uh, well, uh, palatable, hmm? But I must be bored here. Oh, I must. Surely you have so many other important things to attend to without standing here, chewing over the facts with me. <laughs> <laughs>